And we got to get to the point where we're working to invest well, not just live well, because the harder that you invest, the more money you make. It is insane, Raphael. The account that like I told people, like I wanted to get to $100,000 so I can make $1,000 a day. But once you start compounding that, Mm -hmm. it is insane how much money you can make. So I'm like, if I can continue to throw even more cash at this stuff, I can make even more money passive. You making like $50,000 a day, not even really even doing nothing. Beat Talk, episode 108. Are we on the air, Tweet What it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Meganet himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. I am your host, Raphael Husbands. You can follow me on Twitter at WorkMoneyLife. Along with my co-host, Charles Oglesby the Third JD. You can follow him. the JD. Follow him on Twitter at Real Todd Billion. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Tweet Talk Pod. P O D. What's going on, Charles? You know, man. Got a blurry background and stuff. Just mm-hmm. out here working with the blurry. You know, can't complain. Can't let them see the stuff in the background. It's crazy. It is the last week of October. Right before, uh, damn, right before, uh, what do you call it? Halloween. Year's almost over. And you had a tweet, Charles, because we talk about tweets. And building black wealth here on this podcast. You had a tweet where you said some people don't get it, and that's why they ain't got it. <laughs> Man, that's another currency line. And uh it just speaks to I think a lot of stuff is mindset, man. Not only mindset, but like education. And I'm finding that like no matter what you say to some people, they just won't it won't ever resonate with them. They'll never understand it. That's what makes the internet so cool because you can find people who vibe with you. It's interesting because I saw a tweet. I think it was, uh, maybe it was one of my tweets or somebody else's tweets. And on one side, you have people talking crazy about the tweet. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is the dumbest thing I ever heard. And on the other side of the tweet, it's like, this is deep, man. I'm feeling this. And what I realized is, you you can't base your actions on other people understanding it because some folks just never get it. Some folks are actually, their whole purpose is to not understand what you're saying because if they did understand what you were saying, then they have to do the things that you're telling them to do. And so you tell people like, hey, I personally think that it doesn't make any sense for two people to have the ability to earn income, but for everything to be paid for by one person. If they agree with that statement, that means they then have to take money and pay to participate. Whereas now they don't actually have to do anything. All their money is their money. So it's never going to make sense to them on purpose. It's Mm kind of like if you try to explain racism to people who benefit from racism, they're never going to understand it because if they did understand it, then they couldn't live as plush. They couldn't live and get the jobs and they couldn't get the raises 
And so they're never going to understand what you're talking about. They're always going to be like, oh, I don't understand. Like, this is America. It's a free country. We're all treated equally. I, I doesn't make sense to me. Right. And so at a certain point, you just got to accept that they're not going to get it and stop trying to convince them and just execute. And that's why the book Choose Yourself is so powerful. Choose Yourself, it's liberating because a lot of us live our lives based on if this person deems me dope, then I'm therefore dope. If this influencer repost my tweet, then I'm dope. If this job gives me a promotion, then I'm worthy of the income that I want. If they give me the job, then that means I'm qualified. No, I am qualified. It's interesting. I was thinking about this today, how I like, because of the whole $50,000 a year tweet, and I was talking about that, how I, I said that I would rather earn 50000 a year working for myself than $100,000 a year working for somebody else. And what I tell what and the interesting thing is, is like a lot of these jobs won't even pay us the 50 grand. It's a lot of hmm. folks out there who can't even get the 50. They wish they can get the 50. The 50 would be an increase. Then they think they'd be free. And so for me, it's not even a matter of 50 or 100. It's a matter of like freedom. It's a matter of being of dignity. It's a matter of comfort. It's a matter of, hey, do you have the ability to come and go as you please? Show up whenever you want to not be stressed out. When I was driving to work, not only did I have to commute, but the whole time I'm like stressed out trying to make sure I, I'm looking at the clock. Like, I hope I'm, I hope there's not traffic up here. Cause I'm going to be late. And if I'm late, then mass is going to be mad. And if mass is mad, I can't get that raise. And if I can't get that raise, how's it going to take care of these kids? And so <laughs> I just, I just realized that you don't need nobody else to agree with you except for you. People are going to come and go. I've had folks come and go. And at the end of the day, it's always going to be me. So I can't precondition anything that I do on somebody else because folks are all self-interested. Right. You said you said also, um, if you want to work your job, that's cool, bro. But don't come on this timeline crying about wages, fair treatment and vacation time. Deal. <laughs> right. I also said, uh, what did I say? I said, if I said, if, if I got to read you, compl- if I got to come on here and read your complaints, you're going to have to read my solutions. And so for me, business own business ownership isn't an alternative to a job. It's a solution to a problem. Business ownership is a solution to unfair treatment. If you go into somebody else's system, you're subjecting yourself to unfair treatment. Business ownership is a solution to being paid what you're actually worth. Business ownership is being able to be your true self. That's the solution. People complain about these different things and then go and subject themselves into places that are going to treat them the way that they don't want to be treated. And so for me, I always tell people, it's not about being rich. It's not, it's not about Jets and Richard Millies and all that stuff you see on the timeline, the Lambos and the Rolls Royces and that stuff. It's not about that, man. It's about dignity. It's about equality. It's about freedom, fairness, all the things that people will say that they want that actually don't have any monetary value that actually don't allow you to flex. Like for me, the ultimate luxury is just knowing that if I need to get diapers for my son, I can get diapers for my son. If I need to feed my son, I can feed my son. It has nothing to do with the massive amount of money. The massive amount of money just gives us the security and the comfort to know that we can do those things. And that's why your why is so important. It can't be flexing for the gram. Flexing for the gram is fleeting. You have to have a deeper why than that. It has to be about your family, your wife, your son, your daughter, your kids. 
And when you dig down deep, you're going to truly get what you want because business ownership isn't easy. It's not a cakewalk. It's uncertainty. But the interesting thing about uncertainty is uncertainty brings abundance. Every single day that I know that I that I don't know if I'm going to eat, I'd be grinding. People see me posting, but they don't realize like, no, I'm getting to the bag. Every post is a potential dollar. Every email is a potential dollar. And at this point, I live and die by that stuff. I can't just hide. There's people out there who get the luxury of hiding on social media because they got a guaranteed check. I don't got a guaranteed check. I don't, not anymore. So therefore, I must be aggressive every single day. I must be out there getting it every single day. And it makes you stronger. It makes you better. And then you get to a point where it's just clicking and it's almost unfair. Like I look at the money, I'm like, dang, we did that this month. We did that this year. Dang, the stocks made that much this month. The, the community's doing this, I potential to, like, it's just crazy. The money is unfair at this point. Not even, not even on some core stuff. Like, it's just crazy. I encourage everybody to get out to the jungle, get in the junk, get in the jungle, leave the zoo. Like, I feel like jobs are the zoo. I made this point on, on it, on, <laughs> on Instagram. Like they determine how much you get fed. They determine what you get to eat. They determine where you live. They determine when you wake up. They determine when you go to sleep. They determine everything. When you're in the jungle, you get to determine that you become a fierce, vicious warrior and the strongest survives, the most aggressive, the most hungry. That's the person who lives the best. And that's the best kind of living for me. Yeah, man, it's rough out there. That's I think that's part of the reason why everybody is so quick to talk about how not everybody can run a business. Not everybody can run a business or have their own business because they feel like they can't do it and they know they 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 don't want to they don't want to be battling seven days a week because like you said it, it ain't easy man you can't take a break un, until you reach a certain point to where he's like clicking like you said and it's it's coming in like practically automatic but even then you got to have systems and and people doing stuff because you can't just you can't just stop no matter how much money you have somebody got to be working it might not have to be you but somebody's got to be working it's interesting because everybody says that have, running a job isn't for everybody, but everybody wants to be a manager. If you manage a business, you run a business. Like it doesn't make any sense. We all have aspirations of climbing to the top of the ladder. The, the, the higher you go, the more of a business owner you become. You might not have the title of CEO, but you'll be doing a lot of CEO functions. I used to, um, it's funny because I um, was at the in and out that is next to the place I used to work when I was in, in high school, it was KFC. And I was like, dang, that's the KFC I used to work at. And when I was there, I had a friend who was in high school. I don't know if he still works there, but all through college and all through like the later years of my life, he still worked at this KFC. He was the manager, hmm. but, really, but really he ran it. The CEO right. showed up very, very, very rarely. He very rarely showed up to his KFC. The guy, honestly, I respect him to the fullest. I wish I like could have like lunch with him. He owned one KFC and then his brother owned a KFC. And I want to say his dad built one of them. Like his dad built the first one that was on an, another side of the city. And then he bought the other one. It's right next to In-N-Out. Great location. The guy has got to be making bank. But it's just funny because he don't run that business. <laughs> the manager runs the business and the manager don't be getting paid. And the manager's probably like, I, I couldn't run a business. But like, bro, you do run a business. Mm. You do. That is true, man. Like, Funny thing is when you're a good, quote unquote, good employee, like 
It's amazing how much trust they put into you to actually like really, really run their business. Yeah. If if you don't, if you think about it, like you could talk about, you know, they don't like us, they don't do this, but if you're good at really good at stuff, they will give you the key. They literally give you the keys. Let you touch all the money, see all the invoices and everything. If you run it right. Meanwhile, you could be learning all, the whole everything about that business because you 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 got the keys. You you're running the whole thing. Yeah. But then you you end up staying there for twenty years, running their business, thinking you can't run a business. But all, you, all he does. It's just go on vacations. And when I was younger, I didn't really understand what was going on. But now I realize what a vacation is. Before I was like, a, a vacation is a break. Like, nah, like this dude is living the life of luxury. He travels the world, probably first class. They feed him good meals. He has his feet kicked up. He's in a tropical location. That's the dream. He's winning. Y'all at work, he's winning. That's life goals. <laughs> Man. And that's funny. You so there was a post earlier. I don't know if it came from Instagram or where it was about the new black billionaires, like the, this year, over the past year or two. And talking about the new black billionaires in the at least in the United States. Uh Tyler Perry, Jay-Z, Kanye West. There was one like one more. Uh probably Rihanna. And you 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 made an interesting um observation like they were all entertainers movies music 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 they were all entertainers although to tell the truth um all the all the music people really got rich off product but still i mean a, a movie is a product as well it's just a better product because true true it's a better product because he owns it he's not an actor he's the owner which is interesting because I was having that like with Issa Rae, she got, I want to say like a five-year, $40 million deal. And I was like, if she would have spun that like Tyler Perry, she'd have been a billionaire. <laughs> so she's taking, making 40 million is kind of the short end of the stick. Hopefully she pivots and does some Tyler Perry level stuff. But inspirational story, just because how Issa Rae built her career from YouTube all the way to where she is now. But yeah, the entertainer thing, it kind of frustrates me because I know we could be, we could be doing more. I saw this post and it was, it was since this page I follow called black Detroiters. And it was talking about all these black funeral homes because funeral homes used to be a big industry, man. Be like, cause before like white people wouldn't bury black people, black people had to bury black people. Right. And so what does that mean? That means you have very wealthy black funeral homes. Uh, A.G. Gaston, I want to say he was in the funeral home business and he got into the insurance business and he was making bank. There's a family. When I used to work in Watts, there is this lady. She used to pull up in a Benz truck one day, a Porsche the next day. The reason why I really noticed her is she pulled up in a Porsche and most people don't drive Porsches. Porsches are a unique kind of car. Like if you drive a brand new Porsche 911, your mindset is different. Your money set is different as well. Your money mindset is different. And they owned uh, the Angeles Funeral Home, which is like the biggest, most prominent funeral home in uh, on the Crenshaw area. <clears throat> I bring that up because we don't do those things anymore. All we do is shuck and jive. <laughs> we just be doing making music. Most of it is not really the most beneficial music. Making movies that aren't really the most beneficial movies. Selling cosmetics that do not uplift our community. Like it just makes you look good, but you aren't actually good. Or... 
like selling trivial products like alcohol and sneakers. We have to do better. So I saw and I was kind of frustrated. I was like the best and the brightest that we got got there by selling liquor. Like that's like that's kind of frustrating. What have you improved? Whose life have you improved? What have you done for Mm -hmm. the inner city? Like, are we better off for you being a billionaire or really are just we celebrating you being able to buy million dollar watches? Like nobody's life is actually improved in business. In my opinion, is about improving things for your community. It's not about just getting the bag. It's not about that. It's about what can I do to improve my community? We should be waking up every single day with that on our mind. And that's honestly the beauty of entrepreneurship. I had that thought the other day. I was like, you know, I get to wake up every single day and try to help black folks make money. That is crazy. Mm. I think that is super cool. I create content. I do podcasts. And my only responsibility is that. Versus when I worked a job, my only responsibility was make sure my boss got richer. And I was like, we have too many people that that's their focus is making sure their boss gets richer where the majority of us are in that space. And that's where they tricked you. They pulled the okie doke. They took your businesses and they gave you jobs because we used to be, we used to do those things. And that is why there was a lot of equality. Like people would look at it and they say, oh, there wasn't, it was a separate but equal, but really it's like now it's separate but unequal. It's like even more so separate and even more unequal. It's like worse now. It's really bad now compared to what it was then. And so, I mean, from my perspective, I just want us to celebrate other stuff that actually moves us forward. Like mm-hmm. celebrating Jay-Z, it, it ain't moving nobody forward. Like celebrate, because I mean, then you look at their businesses, their businesses, and the whole title staff is white. I'm pretty sure all the staff of all those companies is white. Like, what are you actually doing besides just getting richer? Well, I don't know. We ain't got all the answers, right? But I, I will say, on the other hand, we do say like, we do say stuff like, you know, if if you're gonna be do- using stuff anyway, then at the very least, we should be the ones selling it. Mm-hmm. But like you said, we gotta move beyond that, like. Alcohol and sneakers, like, yeah, for sure. We need to move beyond that. Clothing, we need to be move beyond that. We don't necessarily need to let it go. Just evolve mm-hmm. and grow it's, and grow beyond it's, that. It's great to see. I love seeing it. It's cool to see that we can do it at that scale. Now, it is. It is cool. But it's like you said, like, man, who who's who's really running the Yeezy business? Like, we know Kanye is spearhead. He's the front. He's the front. He's the face of it. And he might be the 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 design mind in a broader sense, but who's the CEO? Who do we even know? Who's the CEO of of Easy? Do we know what these people be, look like? They be keeping that stuff under wraps, man. Yeah, they don't see that because they probably don't look like us. Yeah, because they probably will put that on the front page, right? But which which I think is another thing that I mentioned. I was like, once you get to a certain point, you don't want to be the face of everything. <clears throat> You want to be the man behind the man. Yeah, you sure don't. Because I remember years ago, Cameron, the rapper, he was giving an interview and he he was saying like he got several different businesses. And he was talking about he had a this is a year back when it was a CDs and stuff. He was talking about he had a distribution, comp- a music distribution company, but he wouldn't give the name because, he, you know, he's like because there's certain people that if they knew that I was behind the company, they wouldn't want to mess with the company. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, so he said he said he keeps his name out of certain things. Yeah, that's smart, and yeah. it brings up a point that I brought up. It's like people don't want to people don't want to feel like you're making money off of them, and right. so like that's why you got to kind of draw back. 
Yeah. So like when tenants find out that you're a young black dude and you own their house, they feel some kind of way. <laughs> right. I was going to, that was the next piece I was going to talk about. You said most people don't want to be employed by you or rent from you because they don't want to feel like you are making money off of them. Which is a mistake. It is a mistake because, and I, and I had this thought, like uh, my VA quit and I was like, that was dumb because we have this, this era where people are independent contractors. They come in and they work with somebody and maybe you pay them two grand and they think that that's all they can make is two grand with and from you. And so what they do is they go off and they get other clients. They're like, I need, I need a bunch of $2,000 clients a month so that then I can make $10,000 a month and then I can live the, live the life of my dreams. The problem with that is that man cannot serve two masters. And so they'll be over here working for you and they work for somebody else and it just doesn't work. The whole relationship falls apart when what they should have done is just double down on their work for you, made themselves such a linchpin, made themselves so productive in generating revenue that then you can justify paying them more. Henry did some work for Andre. I don't know what Andre pays him, but apparently he crushed it and Andre made like four grand that week. Let's say hypothetically is paying Henry a thousand dollars. He made him four thousand dollars. Henry could say, hey, if we did this, let's see if we can take this to 8,000. If I can take this to 8,000, can I get 2,000 of that? And now he took his 1,000, turned it into 3,000. Andre's better off because Andre's making 5,000 that he would have never made based off of him. And so instead of diluting yourself and ended up having nothing, because you have a bunch of fractured relationships because once you start producing subpar work, people don't want to work with you. It becomes one client you don't have, another client you don't have. If you just double down and become even more valuable, that's what I think that people should be doing. It's like the Horcrux method. And it's like why marriage works. It's you you invest all your energy into one woman and you get a lot better results than if you invest your, your money energy into all these women on the timeline. You'd be out there scattered over here trying to figure out what they different schedules are when you could be figuring out what you're going to promote and build and advertise. So you think your sneakers look good, huh? Check this out. <laughs> Even the most exclusive sneakers once purchased look identical to everybody else's sneakers. Can I get a holla holla? So how do you take your boring regular sneakers and convert them to unique dynamic sneakers that will stand out? Yo, that answer is easy. You need to g- g- get laced with Get Lace Shoelaces. Yes, yeah, Get Lace is a lifestyle shoelace retailer dedicated to inspiring customers through a unique combination of products, creativity, and cultural understanding. We just want you to upgrade your sneakers. So get laced. Visit GetLacedLaces.com or check us out on Instagram at GetLaced.com underscore upgrade your sneakers with a black owned business that provides international shipping wholesale custom and fundraising options upgrade them sneakers baby get yours today at getlacelaces.com premium sneakers need premium laces okfa shades is the premier choice for sunglasses top quality unique signature fresh trendy 
Our shades provide significant UV light protection for eyes, and we have the best customer service around. The freshest and trendiest styles for both men and women. The finest shades to fit your style. Okiefa Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Visit www.okiefashades.com. That's O-K-I-Y-E-F-A Shades.com. Or on IG or Facebook at Okiefa Shades. Or on Twitter at DJ Ebrock. I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's funny. We've been talking about the music, and it's so crazy that I saw something about a story about Meek Mill today. Mm-hmm. And it said Meek Mill put out a tweet that he has since deleted, talking about he hasn't made any money off, he hasn't made money from music. He hasn't been paid by his, his label. I'm like, really? You've been around for at least, what, 10 years? Yeah. You've been getting jerked for 10 years? And it's like, the story was saying they weren't sure who he was getting at. Like, who's he talking about? Is he talking about Rick Ross and maybe about music group, music group? Mm. Or is it Atlantic? Either way, it doesn't, sound, it doesn't sound good, man. I keep thinking to myself, even after Master P, like, paved the way back in the late 90s, in two, 2021, pe- these rappers are still getting jerked. Mm. Rappers getting jerked, athletes getting jerked. Everybody getting jerked. But the rappers worse because they don't even own what they create. Not only you you're dealing with um record companies that have the funniest accounting practices, like they could they could finagle anything they want. They can tell you, man, we didn't rake any money off you and not pay you. Yeah. And they're cooking the books. And then on top of that, you don't even have ownership of what you created. Did you see that stat where they said that I want to say, I forgot what the large number was. Let's just hypothetically say it was like $18 billion. They said that the music industry generated like $18 billion and the artists only got like 20% of that. Yeah, I saw that. I think it was, I think the number was 18. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. What's your but thoughts on that, man? Not surprising. <laughs> it's like, I mean, 20 years ago, for, I don't know, I was, I was big into, um, Big into rap, and I was reading the magazines, and then after a while, I just started watching Diddy. I was started watching Diddy and and Master P just because of the moves they were making, and it just so surprised me that twenty years later, I mean, I just said it, but twenty years later, still getting jerked. Like Master P really set the stage for Cash Money, mm-hmm. and Cash Money is making money like crazy. What do you mean he set the stage? Like he created the... Because, okay, so Cash Money and, and No Limit, they, they just happened to be from the same city. And what happened was when Master P came out with his deal that he signed with, um, I forget what that label is called, but when he signed his deal, it was an 8515 deal, a P&D deal, press, pressing distribution. So... He they got fifteen percent of the profits. He got eighty five. Mm-hmm. They paid for press and distribution, meaning they pressed up the CDs, and they paid for marketing, and they paid for distribution. You know, all he had to do, he 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 made the music and made it hot. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a crazy deal, crazy deal. And and Wu Tang too. I got to mention Wu Tang too. They had a crazy deal too because first of all, they were the first group, or at least the first rap group that signed a group deal, but they were allowed to have solo deals. Hmm. 
and they didn't have to be tied to the, the label. And I saw, I was watching the interview the other day and the guy said part of the reason was because he didn't think they were going to blow up and he wanted Wu-Tang so bad. He was like, the way to get them over the bigger labels was to give them that, that option to sign solo duties, whatever they, they wanted to, and he would have the option to like match it. But anyway, and they also had a good deal where they were getting uh, points. They were getting a good percentage. They weren't getting jerked as far as like the percentages. So anyway, Master P signed that great deal. So then when Cash Money came behind No Limit, they had a similar deal and they got like 30 million up front or whatever. So he set the stage for them. But all these moves people were making back in the late 90s and now in 2020, we haven't evolved that much. That's because they keep that. They don't want they don't want folks really knowing how to do it. <clears throat> and honestly, I think a lot of people, they just also want that quick cash, too. So like a lot of these artists, they're like, man, do I want to grind it up or do I just want to get the mill? And so that's why I like currency a lot, because currency came behind all of that. Currency was on no limit and he was on cash money mm. and he got a chance to see both. He got a chance to see Master P move. And he got a chance to see uh, Baby and then move. He was close to like Lil Wayne. He was in some of their videos. And also, um, he also messed with Dame Dash for a little bit too. So yeah, he, got- he did. He did. I don't think his relationship with Dame Dash was that lucrative though. But I think he did take some gems from it. I think he did get some wisdom because I saw his business mindset kind of pivot with different products. You know, Dame Dash is really big into creating products off of your brand. And so uh, currency... That's why he's one of my favorite rappers because he's really big on the independent stuff. He's always been independent, but you got to watch how he moves independently. Currency releases the album once a month. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Most people aren't doing that, and that's how you keep the buzz. It's like if you don't have a, a label behind you pushing you so you can just release once a year or like once every other year, you got to become that push. And so I apply that to my own. It's like I don't got a marketing budget, so I got to post 10 times a day. I got to drop multiple podcasts a week. I got to create all this content. It's so important, Rafi. It's so important, man. <laughs> that we got to always be relevant. Like he was saying that music, the, the, the music that you release makes you relevant. The podcast that you release makes you relevant. Your music is really just a commercial for what your other, what, what other things you're selling. And so I noticed that even these days, like with Spotify, like the spins don't really mean anything. It's really the concerts. That's how they're making their money. And that's mm-hmm. why they didn't make no money last year because they were just like, couldn't make no money off of the shows. Yep, stuck in the house. So, And that's what I was, I was looking at a picture of Meek Mill too. And in the picture, he's got, he had his hand holding his chin. He's wearing like one or two diamond rings. He's got diamond braces on. He got like three or four diamond chains on. So I'm thinking to myself like, okay, you haven't got paid from your label. How you got all those diamonds? I was confused by that too. I was like, I thought he was doing all right. Like when I bought the Rolls Royce, they said it was leased. Then I bought right. the new Ferrari. Hater, rest in peace, rest in peace to the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, that I'm a boss song uh takes on a new meaning now. I'm looking <laughs> at that different. I'm looking at that different now, man. You know, it's flex culture. It's a lot of folks out there just and it's sad. But I even see it on some of these influencers, quote influencers, like they they feel like they got to sell the flash and maybe it works. So they're pulling up in the Lambos and they're showing off their bags and they're doing all that stuff. And for me, maybe I just approach it differently. Mm -hmm. But like, but I don't know. 
a lot of it is just like for the purpose of getting sales. And so you see Meek Mill and like they can like I think that's been exposed for a while. It's like you can you can pretty much rap about anything. Folks be over there sleeping on the couch, rapping about living in a mansion and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a good commercial. Like <laughs> it, I, I think it was Ja Rule a long time ago saying like, you know, no matter how much money you got, like if you got a big house, a big house is cool. But when you walk in the street, nobody can see a big house. Yeah. So you got to have the car and you got to have the jewelry. You know, if you don't have this, the image and people think you broke, if they don't think if you think you broke, they don't buy your music. So it's like yeah. a, it's like a crazy cycle. It's weird, huh? The it's interesting a, thing about it is um, that I remember they were talking about how most people, they forego buying the house to buy the car so they can stunt when you see him pulling up. Right, man. But I think like Jay-Z, long time ago, he, when the Maybach came on, it was hot. You know, of course, he was one of the first to have it, but he was like, he took it back. He said he he was going driving down the street or he was being driven down the street, whatever it was. And he, he, he realized that people didn't go as crazy as he expected them to. Like, you know, people, it was basically like, oh, nice car. And he was kind of like, that. Well, that's it? Like, mm-hmm. this thing is like a 400, 400 grand, like it's like low key, it's, it kind of still looks like a Benz, though. I think that's the problem. It's like the only thing that made it stand out was the, the, the Maybach curtain. logo on the front. Oh, yeah, yeah. And when it first came out, it was like you know, like the curtain in the back and all that kind of stuff. And you got to educate people, you got to educate people on the price, yeah, right. Honestly, I found that in a lot of instances, like if you have on like a Panerai. Nobody knows what a Panerai is. It's a $7,000 watch. You walk around with a $7,000 watch and nobody knows. And so it makes you wonder, it's like, is it, is it even worth it? <laughs> like, should I really, like, do I need this? They don't even know. And even if they do know, they still don't really say anything. So it's kind of interesting, but yeah. Right. That is a good question. If they don't say anything about your watch, is it still worth the 7000 Yeah. I never even thought about it like that, but it's like, why are you buying an expensive watch if nobody recognizes it? Yeah. And most people don't like, especially like, like a good watch. Like if you get like a sport Rolex, black folks don't know what a sport Rolex is, man. They, you, you got on like a GMT. They don't know what the hell they're looking at. <laughs> they would only know if it said Rolex. They only recognize a Rolex if it's bust down. Mm. If, if it has ice on it, then it must be a Rolex. But if you just got like a Submariner, they're like, what is a Submariner? What is a Yacht Master? It's so funny. You could have a million dollar watch, but if the people don't know the brand or don't recognize it, they they could still think you broke. Yeah. Sometimes it, it benefits, though, because you sometimes you be seeing folks you don't want them to know that you got it. Right. Like you out and you, you just run across like thug nasty. You're like, good. <laughs> the good thing he don't know what this is. <laughs> right. But it's funny, man. It, it, it's it's weird, man. You got to maneuver how you want to maneuver, and boy, what matters to you. But that music stuff is just it's just crazy, man. But Master P, the reason why we all like Master P, that dude had product. Mm-hmm. He parlayed that music into an empire. They were dropping like twenty albums a year. Yeah, he had a record for like twenty three albums in one year or something like that. That's I think that's where currency got that idea from because it was dropping album after album after album after album. One of them, one of them is bound to pop. You're gonna get a few good tracks on one of them because they weren't all good albums, but you can get right. like one or two good tracks that are gonna vo- go viral. I heard him say too, um, 
or one of the producers, one of the old producers say that his his idea behind it was like, um, I'm gonna give people value for their book. Like when you buy a no limit album, they're gonna have 20 tracks on it. Mm-hmm. It ain't gonna be 10 tracks. And you like, eh, you're gonna get 20 tracks. Yeah. I think that's important because I hate those short albums, man. You wait two years to get a, an album with 10 songs on it. So I was saying the other day, like, how long is a Pop Smoke album? It's like, is that like what 15 minutes? Like, I don't understand these new age rappers with these two minute songs. I don't even listen to Pop Smoke, so I couldn't tell you. Is that I mean it's a joke, but it's like these two minute songs that these drill rappers be doing, like, really? Two I minutes? Really to, I don't listen to drill Mac music either. I'm trying to get my life right and stop listening to rap music. I I walked I I was listening to Dom Kennedy, which is still kind of like ratchet. And like a, 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 a game song came on and he was just like talking crazy. I was like, I got to turn this off. It's bad for my spirit, man. I got to protect my spirit. Yeah, I hear you, man. You definitely, you definitely got to, you got to protect yourself, man. You got to protect the mind, man. If you're on this, uh, this journey, you got to protect your mind. But let me ask you this, getting back to the tweets. You said, I used to hate flipping, but now I don't. What's up with that? Yeah, I used to be this dude who was like, oh, real estate, we got to own it forever. I never want to sell properties. And these tenants wore me out, man. They wore me out. That's the first thing. The other thing is the money isn't the kind of money that I want to make. I don't want to make 200 bucks a month. 200 bucks a month is not changing my life. I like mm-hmm. four, fig- five figures a month. If I can get six figures a month, I like six figures a month. That's the lifestyle I want to live. Why? Because when you make that kind of money, not only can you live well, you can also invest very, very well. And we got to get to the point where we're working to invest well, not just live well, because the harder that you invest, the more money you make. It is insane, Raphael. The account that, like I told people, like I wanted to get to $100,000 so I can make $1,000 a day. But once you start compounding that, Mm -hmm. it is insane how much money you can make. So I'm like, if I can continue to throw even more cash at this stuff, I can make even more money passive. You making like $50,000 a day, not even really even doing nothing. So anyway, I, I've, I'm starting to see real estate as the business that it is. And of course I want to buy stuff and hold it, but I don't want to be out here having to manage it. I want to own it so that it can appreciate so I can do all the, the cash flow. All that. And honestly, I'm at a point now where I don't even think that real estate is about the cash flow. Because the problem with, and this is what we were sold, we were sold on getting the cash flow from real estate and living off of the cash flow. The problem is you got to take care of those properties. And if you're Mm -hmm. not reinvesting in the properties, the properties are going to deteriorate. If the properties deteriorate, you're going to have unhappy tenants. And so what I'm finding is it's going to kind of be break even, if not taking a loss. And then you're just going to have to make your money on the appreciation. And so for me, I was kind of dismayed because I was doing all this thinking we we're going to cash flow and become rich off of cash flow and it didn't happen. But mm. I do realize that if I'm doing some flips, I can make some money. And so I'm doing one flip right now. It is a big headache. I'm trotting through it, figuring it out, making mistakes, getting robbed left and right. But I'm going to get I'm going to get it done. I promise. I contacted somebody who actually bought my course who does flips in Detroit. He does like a flip a month. And so he should be walking it tomorrow, helping me get some some stuff. And I'm still working with my other contractor. So I'm going to never not progress. But then I got a really good deal this morning that was and actually ended up being a deal. He, he said he's pulling off the market because it was a really good deal. It was a mm. purchase price, 50 grand, ARV 150. 
And I was looking at it and I was like, this is a, in good shape. I could probably put like 30 to 50 in this house and make about 30 to 50. And I was like, I like that. I can be all in a hundred grand and then sell it for 150. That's good stuff. And so I was like, you know what? If I can do one of those every two, three months, that's good living. You make 50 grand every two, three months. You don't really got too much to worry about. And so I was also thinking about how my wife and she wanted to get a franchise. I was like, well, let's just flip a property because the franchise is going to be very involved and it's not secured by real estate. It's really just like secured by an idea, which scares me because I like knowing that worst case scenario, I can always sell the property. Um, and so I was like, let's just do a flip. Let's do a flip, make 50 grand. You only really need 50 grand to live. Boom. So everything else is taken care of. So I'm just starting to actually like the business of real estate and just using capital to to flip and not really trying to save the culture and the community anymore. Cause I'm just out here trying to uh, save my family now. Cause the culture and the community will rob your ass, Raphael. <laughs> they will. I've been just, I've been getting robbed left and right by folks. I've been trying to help. Mm-hmm. They still my, they still my business ideas. They still my clients. They, they steal my customers. They steal my money. They steal your materials. They lie to you. They steal your time because they tell you something's going to be done that doesn't get done and they push it back again. I'm just tired of getting robbed, man. You out there trying to do for the culture and the culture be like trying to do for themselves. You can't do that. It has to be reciprocated. If I'm doing for you, you got to do for me and vice versa. It can't be me doing for you and then doing for you and then doing for you. And then when I stop doing for you now, it's like, I don't need you no more. That's lame. Yeah, say F Charles. But I don't want to um this to, to to pass by without saying something. You're talking about how um this flip you getting robbed on and whatever. But I think people need to get a lesson out of that because correct me if I'm wrong. Like what what business have you gotten into that you haven't gotten robbed on on in the beginning or like beginning. like this is important for everybody to to realize, man. You're gonna make mistakes in the beginning. You're gonna blow money that you can't. You can you can avoid it, but you can't avoid it. Like, mm-hmm. and you can't quit. The truck is lovely now. I love that truck. I used to hate the truck. We went through nine months of the trucking chronicles. I got a a rental property right now in uh, in Detroit. That's my own personal rental property for my son, mm-hmm. and it's a struggle. Like, we did a flip once, and it might have taken like a whole like year, two years to get that thing in the condition. It was bad, but we keep going. We keep pushing through it. Dang, I was gonna say, well, I'm wrong because your Turo business was was good from the beginning. And then I realized now it wasn't good in the beginning either. Yeah, it kind of stalled for a while. Yeah, you had a, you were d- delivering it yourself. Ghetto. <laughs> or hours a night. They have to Uber back and forth. So it's like, folks, keep that in mind, man. It ain't gonna pop from the beginning unless you get lucky. You're gonna go through hard times. You can't really avoid it, but you can make it a lot smoother by getting a course or a mentor, like get yourself Turo Boss. The link will be in the bio. If you're trying to run your Turo business uh, hands off, get your course, man. And you said, um, where is it, man? You were talking about going into business without a mentor, trying to enter a new venture without a seasoned mentor is a great way to lose a bunch of money. Yeah. That you're going to lose money, but it's worse if you just try to do it all by yourself without learning first. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Sometimes you can start feeling yourself. I think that's how a lot of people who make money go broke is they make money in one lane and they start thinking they know everything about everything. 
And so they started hopping out there and spending their money and getting taken advantage of and used. And then they broke the book. Uh, Choose yourself. He actually did that. He made a bunch of money and he lost it. And he made a bunch of money again. And he lost it. He made bad investment decisions. Kind of like when I made that $72,000 loss, I was like, dang, I was like, is that going to happen to me? Am I going to lose all this money? I was scared. Thankfully I made it back. Lost 92 bricks. Had to fall back. Wait, seventy two thousand lost where? And what what business is oh, this? And options, man. Options. Oh, okay, cool. I was I was messing around, and I was in a practice account, and I was just like trading earnings, and uh, I opened up a position that was a hundred thousand dollars, and I thought it was my practice account, but it was in my real account. Ooh, yeah. And so I called them. I was like, I got to cancel this this trade. It was an accident. <laughs> They're like, we'll see what we can do. They never got back to me. I was like, they just. I'm like, you realize that's a lot of money. They never got back to me. So anyway, Facebook, I, I want to say missed on earnings. And uh, I lost like 70% on that trade. And it was a struggle. And I was very depressed. But I was like, you know, I still got capital. I still got access to the stock market. Let's get it. And luckily you got cash flow. But hey, go ahead. And, and cash flow too. And so what I did is I became a little bit more aggressive, started looking at my positions. And I probably could have bought even more stuff, but I started looking at my positions and I still had some cash on the sidelines in my Robinhood account. And I was like, all right, well, let me expand the position on these two cruise companies. Let me expand the position on some of these other companies. And let's also let me open up a position in Tesla, like a pretty large position in Tesla. Mm-hmm. And so I made it, I made it all back. But the thing is, is I didn't get it back the same way I lost it, which is what I tell people. So I wasn't over here trying to get Facebook to come back. I was like, all right, Facebook is what it is. Let me go ahead and just get this back the other way. So I ended up making it, it all back, probably plus more. Um, but it's just cool to know that. So now it's like, all right, back to normal. Let's get it going. Because I was very depressed. I was very frustrated with myself. But, I mean, it was still a good position. I was still in a good position despite that loss. And, honestly, that loss is going to help me on my taxes. So with with stocks, you have, like, long-term gains and short-term gains. And you want long-term gains because short-term gains are taxed way higher and so I'm right. always trying to get my gains to be long-term gains because the difference is astronomical. So, yeah. Uh, wow. And you always say, like, trade, you got to trade your way through, right? Or trade your way out. Yep. Why? Because if you can learn how to make 72, now I can make 72 again. I'd rather get my money back in stocks than get my money by just putting new cash in there because I didn't learn anything by putting new cash in there. So I had to figure it out. I had to Stay in the market. Now I'm better for it. Mm. Pure Body Company formulates an amazing range of emollients with shea butter at its base. Pure Body Co. focuses on providing all natural handcrafted products for all people. At shoppurebodyco.com, you'll find body butters and lip balms that are not only moisturizing, but none of our products contain preservative or even those unrecognizable chemicals. So if you're looking to keep your skin soft, Visit shoppurebodyco.com and remember to join PBC Perks to receive rewards as you shop. So I'm going to touch on this last tweet. I was going to think about just leaving the people with it to think about, but I feel like i got to talk about this. I'm going to make it the last one because I don't know how long we're going to go with this one. But you said money gives you confidence and confidence gets you more of what you want. Yeah, so my Turo got a flat tire. At um, 12 o'clock at night, and I'm over here like, dang, what am I going to do? I got a flat tire. 
And so he wakes up, he goes to, and so I wake up at three o'clock and I was like, Hey, uh, I just saw this. Hope everything is okay. I had to process what I was going to do. I've never had to figure this out. There's no AAA on the car. Um, I don't have like roadside assistance through Lexus, although I'm probably gonna have to get that. And it's just interesting because there's always a new problem that you've never experienced. And a lot of people, before they get into business, they try to have solutions for all the problems. And that's where they never start. So I'm over here on the fly trying to figure this out. And then I realized like, all right, just take it to a Lexus dealership and they'll fix the tire. And I'm thinking that they'll just do like a, a flat repair, hoping. Apparently they can't fix it. It's the whole tire is done. But then I remember like, I just bought these tires. I was like, I didn't know there was a warranty, but I was like, bro, like I literally just bought these tires. Like why should I have to buy a new tire if I just bought these? Apparently there's a roadside hazard warranty for two years on any tire that you buy. So mm. since I bought it like only a month ago and he wrote, he ran over a nail in the road, all I had to do was pay like the 50 bucks to fix it instead of like the 320 that they wanted. The thing is, is that I was pressing them because I didn't like, I had the money to pay for it. And so like, I was just confident in like asking them like, what, what else can you do? Can you make this happen? How can we make this happen? And so they ended up finding a way. And I realized like, if I didn't have the money, I probably just been like, oh, we'll put it on a credit card or whatever. I've been like hesitant, but having the money gave me the confidence to push them. I was in another situation mm-hmm. where I was yesterday, I was moving from my office because I'm moving from the, the LA office. I'm closing that down. So, cause it's too far. I'm just going to have the office in Ontario. And so I go downstairs and I'm like, Hey, um, do you guys have a dolly? Is there a dolly down here? And they're like, Oh yeah. The girl who had it, she, she's gone. And so I kind of like peeked around the corner a little bit and they're like, Oh, well, there's a dolly right there. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, bro, like you're not going to play me. And so, like, honestly, I used to be a very kind of reserved and shy person. I'm not really reserved and shy anymore. I'm going to push my agenda forward. I'm going to get what I want, and I'm going to get it without paying any money. And so what I've realized is having resources gives you confidence. Knowing that your bills are going to get paid, whether somebody likes you or not, allows you to do things that benefit you, not things that make you likable. And so like a lot of people, that's why I struggled on the job because I didn't really want to offend anybody. I didn't really want to upset anybody. I was always just kind of like playing the nice role. I wasn't in there just like, just like holding my nuts. And in order to get what you want in this world, you got to have confidence. You got to go for it. You got to be willing to be bold. You have to be willing to ask for what you want. You have to be willing to assert yourself. Otherwise, you're going to get walked over and you're going to stay poor. A lot of people who are poor are probably just people who lack confidence in themselves and their abilities. They're probably just people who are just like, oh, I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to do because blah, blah, blah. So they feel small about themselves. And so their money stays small. But when you have resources, when you have money, you start to realize like most folks ain't got what you got. I look at it all the time. I'm like, I see folks with jobs and I'm like, damn, like, that's crazy. Like you work a full time job. And that's what that's that's how you got to live like that sucks. And that's like no offense to them, because like when I used to work in that environment, those same people will be trying to will be the manager. Maybe son and me. I work in Southern California. Most of the managers here are Latina. I don't know how you like it's very like emasculating to go in environments and you're out there trying to work and move in the ranks and you have like some little lady like just like your boss like. Five foot two. Like that. <laughs> yeah, like no offense, but 
I'm just saying, man, you got to get your confidence up. And when you get your confidence up, you can demand what you want. And when you demand what you want, you live a happier life. Eric Thomas said that you have to be demanding. That was the whole theme of the conference was be demanding. And I'm fine that you have to be demanding. And I just found that like when you don't, when money is not an issue, you can do things that truly benefit you. I don't like having to make decisions with money. People who like, I forgot where I was. And they were like, it's, it reminded me of when, uh, when Terry, Terry Ejima told the story of how her mom went to the dentist and she's like, they're, they're trying to give her options on if she can get her, her teeth done a certain way. And they're right. like, oh, are you sure? Because if you have to go to sleep, then it's going to cost more. And she's like, get it done. And I forgot where I was, but I was in a similar situation where I was with somebody in my family and somebody was trying to play them that way. And I was like, that's whack. I forgot where I was. Where was I? I forgot where I was. But where was this? Oh, well, this isn't the thing, but I remember we were at like a taco shop and my sister asked for more limes. And the lady was like, oh, well, you can't get more limes unless you buy them. I was like, we got lime money. Like, just give us, give us a damn. If she wants some limes, give us the limes. They're trying to play us. We don't got two dollars. So oh, it's just like man. it gives you dignity. It's not even about mm. just being demanding. It gives you dignity. It's like she said, like money doesn't make you happy, but it gives you dignity. It allows you to walk around in this earth and know that if I have to get a three hundred dollar tire, I can pay for $300 tire. If I have to go to the dentist and do this, I can pay for it. And you can't make me feel like I am not worthy. There's nothing that I feel that I'm not worthy of anymore. And I think that's important. Yeah, man. Like give you a certain walk when you go to work, if you still got a job, like people can't talk to you any kind of way. If you know you got that money, you got the confidence, man. And it's not exactly the same thing, but I've seen, Confidence is a big thing, man, because I've seen people at jobs and you could have been moved up in the ranks at your job, but because see, you don't have the confidence. Like you could be making like 20,000 more, but you don't have the confidence and you assume you holding yourself back. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like, I've been on job interviews before where like, if you go online, you read the actual job description for the, for the thing. It says like, um, uh, bachelor degree required in engineer bachelor degree in engineering required uh, must must have it but the recruiter called me i don't have a college degree at all and they don't even ask me about it and i get in the interview and they don't even ask me about a degree at all wow and i realized like damn all these years like 10 years ago there were jobs i was looking at i was like uh i didn't even think about applying because like they want this and they want that. I was like, I ain't got it. I ain't got that. And now y'all calling me for stuff that says you must have stuff that I don't even have. Like they've been playing us for so long. And that's a whole, that's a different thing, but that's, that's thing about confidence too. Mm-hmm. And like you said, with the money, like when you got the money behind you, you like effort. Yeah. You might, you might still not think that you could get whatever you want, but it's like effort. What do I care? Like I got, I got what I got. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just walk different, man. And you're more bolder. And then you end up getting more. Mm-hmm. You get it's, more. Like when, it's like when it doesn't matter if you get it, you end up getting it. Right. It's like the key to getting deals is being willing to walk away from a deal. Mm-hmm. Like when you're desperate for the deal because you don't have money, people smell the desperation on you. 
Mm-hmm. Then you don't get the deal and you don't get the money that you need. You know what I'm saying? It's like, remember that you walk in a bank and you got money in the bank already. You can walk up in the bank and get a loan. It's like everybody right. said, how come, how come I can only get a loan if I already got money? Right. The crazy part about it is like, when you have money, you can get funding all kinds of ways. Like when you don't have money, it's like, oh, well, you got to do the business credit card thing. When you have money, you got a business credit card. They want to give you PayPal loans. They want to give you Stripe loans. Your brokerage account want to give you loans. Private people want to give you. It's funny how that works. Got enough money to even check your credit. Like, it's crazy. But, you know, get you some money, folks. Get you some money. You know, walk taller. With that, we're going to start wrapping it up. Be sure to get to the new Turo Boss course. What's the newest course that's out on Todd Capital, Charles? Uh, it's probably Turo, Turo Boss, but I'm working on a stock market course for kids. Uh, just wrapped up a really cool webinar on options. So I'm probably going to even upload that and call it like the options primer, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, start building up my funnel, like the, the, uh, the, the precursor to the options course. And we're going to make some money off of that too. So, um, Turo Boss is lit. I've been getting a ton of really, really good reviews on that. I've seen people who have taken their business and are scaling their business now that they've seen the systems. I've also dropped my templates in there, which are very, very thorough. Uh, I tell people that the, the course in a lot of ways is a combination of my experience and also my experience as both a guest and a host. And so it's very thorough because I've been, I've rented like a bunch of Turo's and I've also rent, had, a, had a bunch of Turo's. I've had like 13 trips now. So it's lit. It's lit. Yeah. So check it out, folks. Turo Boss is out there. He got the stock market course for kids coming, coming out. The new options uh, webinar coming up. By the time you hear this episode, it should be out already. We got the uh, podcast course and we offering uh, podcast coaching because all the links will be in the bio. Check it out. Check it out. And for episode 108 of Tweet Talk the Black Belt Podcast, we start wrapping this up. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Follow my man Charles on Instagram at Todd Billion. Also at Todd.Capital. Follow us on Twitter, of course, at Tweet Talk Pod. That's P-O-D. Follow myself on Twitter at Work Money Life. Follow Charles on Twitter at Real Todd Billion because he's the real one. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Episode 108 of Tweet Talk the Black Wealth Podcast. Just want to leave you one more time with that tweet. Money gives you confidence and confidence gets you more of what you want. Raphael and Charles, Tweet Talk, we are out. Yeah. Yes, this is Donald the Voice, the official podcast editor and producer of the Tweet Talk podcast featuring, of course, Charles Oglesby and the man Raphael Husbands. And look, man, if you just listen to this episode, then you know exactly what I'm capable of. You know my swag. You know what I can do. And so without any further ado, I kind of want to give you a special offer for Tweet Talk podcast episode listeners. And here's what it is. Head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you have podcasts or video editing needs, let's talk. And of course, I'm give you a real, real nice deal. But you have to mention that you're a Tweet Talk podcast listener. And this offer isn't going to last forever. So if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content, come and holla at your boy. 
and I promise to take care of you, our dedicated listener to the Tweet Talk podcast. Again, head over to DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page and let's have a little conversation. Okay, back to your day, your evening, your morning, whatever's going on. Peace.